So, guys, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first show since the uh, HomePod started shipping, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. Wrong. Wrong. We did a whole show about it. That we well, did started shipping. Is that right? It's, it hasn't well, even started shipping or, yet. Since it became available for orders, I guess. Yes, that's right. I am surprised. I listened to your episode about it. I am surprised. It was great, by the, wasn't it? It was <laughs> the the third guy is good. Uh, the polarization that I'm seeing more so than I think. I uh, typically you see a polarized reaction to Apple announcements that's for like from the Apple faithful and from everybody else. In this case, I feel like the Apple faithful is is heavily split on whether this is. A Don't thing. like that term, but go ahead. Like uh, at least on the 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 Apple nerds that I follow on Twitter, half of them are like all in, obsessed, can't wait. Whether they've heard it or not, like this is the speaker they've been waiting for, and then half the people are like, "This is a this is a giant Siri machine, or it's a giant Apple Music machine." And if I I have Siri on my wrist or in my pocket, or if I don't use Apple Music, why on earth would I get this thing? That's that's the split I'm seeing. Hmm. That seems accurate. I see something similar. I see something similar to that. Yeah, it's interesting how the narrative seemed to shift to after. So we did our show fairly early, bef- like after the announcement was made, and in the rest of last week there were a number of people who actually got to listen to it, admittedly in, from what I can tell, an Apple-controlled environment. Um, so there were more thoughts coming in after the fact. And some details were clarified, such as the fact that you can use it without Apple Music for like iTunes match tracks. Apparently that does work. If you have stuff in your iCloud yes. music library, that works. Um, right. So, you know, that's that's opened up some stuff, and it's gotten people going back and forth about, well, the sound quality on this sounds like it's supposed to be great, but other people have been, you know, it's sound quality strikes me as one of those things that's incredibly subjective, right? Like, there are a lot of people will say, like, this thing is the best thing you've ever heard. Like, these are the best headphones, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people, you know, frankly, I can count myself among these people. I, I can't tell the difference at, beyond a certain point, honestly. Yeah, I like, I'm not, yeah. I can tell the difference between my Echo and my Sonos. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell the difference between like the really crappy Bluetooth headphones that I wear at the gym and these nice Sony monitors I'm wearing. But I bought like a, a way more expensive pair of headphones on the recommendations of people who are really into headphones um, to replace my studio headphones. And not only did I think they didn't sound appreciably better, but they were also incredibly uncomfortable and I ended up returning them. <laughs> so the, you know, I will say I agree with everything that you're saying. I used to have to review speakers for Macworld. And like, if you listen to a lot, yes, you can start to pick out the differences, but that's not how normal people listen, right? Like we, for, for ages, we had both the original Echo and a Sonos one, Sonos Play one, a Sonos Play one in the kitchen. And we frequently were using the Echo because it was the easier one to use. And while yes, the Sonos Play one sounded better, and maybe you could even argue like borderline appreciably better, the Alexa, the Echo didn't sound bad. Right, like nobody was like, "Man, I wish we could hear this on the other speaker." Right. Let's take the extra minute because it sounded just fine. It's not like when you're listening on like an Echo Dot or a Google Home Mini, yes. and you're like, "Yeah, Those this is like a garbage. piece of crap." <laughs> yes. Those are an insult to ears. But, but everywhere. they're very small speakers, right? Like those are tiny little speakers that are not intended to sound. And, and frankly, even in those cases, that might be fine for listening to like something that's spoken word, but you don't want to listen to music. You know, what sounds, you know what sounds good on those? When I have to record episodes of this podcast using that other shitty microphone that everybody hates, those sound great on the Echo <laughs> Yeah, because everybody sounds like they're down at the same level with Lex. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Slumming the great, the great, The great normalizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think... It's, it is interesting. I agree with you wholeheartedly that there is like a split going on 
Uh, and it's a question of whether there will be people who are like raving about this provides such great audio quality and whether there'll be a lot of other people being like, yeah, but that's not the only thing that matters here. And the rest of the performance isn't great. So I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens when people actually get a chance to get them into their homes and use them, because that's going to provide a very different look at how these things work in everyday usage obviously right like we've seen it only in very controlled conditions so far so i'm extremely skeptical even of the reviewers who spent like an hour with them like it's not the same it's not the like even the echo i found like didn't didn't really come into its own until it was in my house for you know like a week or two and i really started getting used to using it yes i'm, I'm one thing i'm curious about is and i think I, I couldn't quite tell like when you got the to test it for an hour did you get to pick what songs it was playing or was it an apple selected playlist or i don't what? know like, that's one thing i was wondering about yeah i'm, I'm sure, sure it's a great speaker i'm not saying it's it's not going to sound good but i i don't i think there is a subset of people a small subset of apple nerds for whom like the has to have the best audio quality is the most important thing i don't think and maybe you guys disagree feel free feel free you often do <laughs> i don't think anybody's like i'm buying the newest iphone because of the fancier oled display and the number of colors it has like i don't think that that's what most apple buyers care about the vast majority of them right they want it to no, be awesome. certainly not yeah, and I think the same thing with the audio quality. Like, it even if it was, no. I don't even know how to measure these things. X percent better than how a Sonos or other decent speaker sounds. I don't think people care. I th- there's I don't no way. Well, there's no, obviously there's no way they're going to drive volume like Amazon drives volume. Yeah, right, well, but they're not, no there's, no there's one is just, suggesting no you mean sales no volume one, and not music yeah. volume. <laughs> no, no one's suggesting. No, they're going to go over there. They, this I heard it goes up to eleven. So um, I think. <laughs> No one's suggesting, I think, that they're going to compete on volume, at least with the initial release. I don't... I mean, it's priced way higher. There's, yeah, there's just I'm not... Gonna compete on volume. Not, it's not going to come close. You we're never going to hear the numbers anyway, but... <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, they're going to be super vague about it like they are with the Apple Watch. Um, yeah. And... I, I but I think Apple's com- for it. Apple is comfortable with that. Like, I wish... Right. That the top of the HomePod, and this is what I would recommend for version two of all of these speakers, or the next version of all these speakers, I wish it was also a, a Qi, is that how you say it, charger? Like, if I can just <laughs> put my phone on top of it, or my AirPods on it, or my watch on top of it, and that's just, just going to charge, I'll buy 12 of them. Just your kid's going to knock it off, though. Yeah, yes. I was going to say, putting your watch on top of it, I, would, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't really my dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you got to, you're going you're gonna to shell out that other 250 for that air power charging mat. That's what you're going to no, do. definitely not going to do that. Ooh, no. Okay. No. I mean, if it's two fifty, then no, definitely not. How much do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be less than that? I don't know. I th- for a charger, I would imagine it can't well, it be more than three devices. Lex, that's the, I mean, so like if you buy one charger for like fifty bucks, yeah, really? it's got to be at least one hundred and fifty. I think. It's have you seen bucks. Have you seen how much the air, the HomePod costs? Yeah, <laughs> I have, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm the HomePod is an interesting question. I think the big thing about it is Siri is so hit or miss so hit or miss about so many things and if this really is confined to basically just what it can do on ios plus some slightly deeper music features is maybe that's enough i don't know most people probably don't use their voice activate assistance for like a whole ton of stuff but like the lack of tie-in with a lot of third-party stuff has me wondering whether this will be you know, and even just the first party stuff, like anything where you ask Siri and it's like, I've done a web search for you, like <laughs> that on the HomePod, which has no screen and we'll have to like zap it to your phone or something. That seems ridiculous. I agree. It does seem ridiculous. <laughs> Great. You know, speaking of ridiculous, since we had an awkward silence there, you know, what would be, I think would be ridiculous, Dan. What would be ridiculous, Lex? 
I think not getting in shape if you want to get in shape. Uh, so I had the pleasure of um, talking to Beachbody On Demand, which is a new advertiser here on the show, and it's very, very, um, uh, I would say, tech-savvy, user-friendly, which I'm going to talk about. But I, <laughs> I'm i a very important person, so I have an assistant who schedules my calls, and my assistant's like, wait, you're doing a call with Beachbody On Demand? I love Beachbody On Demand. I have been a member of Beachbody On Demand for years. And I was like, Sarah, tell me, what things do you do there? Because I'll listen and learn from you. And she's like, oh... I'm obsessed with 80-day obsession, which I thought, well, that's a good play on words, although she didn't intend it. And then I looked at 80-day obsession. 80-day obsession, I would say, is for like the advanced Beachbody on-demand practitioner, but I found some beginner classes that I like there. So it's an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts personalized to meet your needs. Um, and when I said, like, hey, I want to do beginner classes that only take 30 minutes at a time... They were like, oh, here are the video courses that you should do. And I was like, yes, this is my speed. And then, you know, the more you do, the better you can get. It's the total package to help you become the total package this year. If your New Year's resolution was to get in shape, um, if you just want to shed some pounds, if you just want to build some tone, whatever it is, for me, I would like to lose about eight pounds. And Beach Body Demand is absolutely going to help me do it. You don't have to schedule a class. It's exactly what you expect. It says it right there in the name. It's on demand. So you say, this is the time I want to, you know, you, when you're ready to do it, you open the app or you go to the website on your browser, however you want to do it. And you say, hook me up. And they hook you up. Uh, they have 600 different workouts. It costs less than a gym membership. They have workouts that are 10 minutes and they have workouts that are over an hour. So any web-enabled device can can rock the Beachbody On Demand classes. Uh, you can do cardio, weight training, yoga, low impact, even dance. Um, they got P90X to Insanity, the 21-Day Fix, and more. All of their courses also include um, extensive nutritional content, all proven to help people achieve their health and fitness goals. So you need to give the service a try. Right now, our listeners can get a free trial membership when you text REBOUND to 303030. So you're going to open up the Messages app. If you're using Android, I don't know what the hell you open, but you open something. You're going to write a new text to 303030, and you're going to send with 303030. You're going to text the word REBOUND to it. It'll send you the link. You'll get full access to the entire platform for free. Every single workout. All the nutritional information for free. Just text rebound to 303030. Our thanks to Beachbody On Demand for A, sponsoring the rebound, and B, helping me look even better than I did before. <laughs> no easy task, by the way. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's actually very cool. You know, when I went to check it out, I was like, I, you guys know me. You would not necessarily think of me as like a Beachbody On Demand kind of person. I wasn't sure. And then I went and I was like, show me the things. Now I'm like done with the ad and just telling you that I actually genuinely liked it. Um, but I went and I was like, I'm a beginner and I don't want to spend that much time doing this. What can I do? And I found stuff that's like super up my alley. There's a coach who's like crazy. Um, he seems like he's going to be scary and terrifying. And he's like super awesome. I don't know. I liked it a lot. Now you know. Okay. And knowing half the battle. <laughs> At least. Mm-hmm. Shift shop. That's the course I like. Shift shop. That's good. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> Uh, so a couple other things making the rounds. Uh, so most most recently uh, this morning as we record this, two stories, one by Ina Fried at Axios and one by Mark Gurman at Bloomberg, talking about how it sounds uh, supposedly Craig Federici has directed software engineers that like the next updates to iOS and to a lesser degree macOS will be focusing more on uh, basically polishing and quality, software quality than features. Uh, and so a couple things here where it's like, one, I'm curious about how much this is actually a big deal or not, because it strikes me as I'm sure that every time they are going into developing a new major release of software, Apple is doing this math, right? 
they're trying to balance how much do we polish from what we already have and how much do we roll out new features and that pendulum seems to swift like swing back and forth especially on the mac side right where it seems like they've established a pattern of sort of tiktok releases um less so on ios but ios now going into its 12th version you know if they if this is in fact accurate i would say i'm all for it even if you know it means pushing back features that uh seem otherwise like things i'd really want to see this year one of the things they mentioned was a home screen refresh which i'm super (sighs) curious about but i'm it's been a while (laughs) thanks stains things i don't have um I, i i was surprised because i'm not finding my ios experience to be buggy at all am i alone here um uh no it's it's fine for me i occasionally run into stuff but not stuff that's that's like crazy buggy you know if you think back and i hope that you do to the um system six and system seven days I think that crashes were a frequent part of the process, right? You pe- people developed their their command s ticks back in that era because like you never knew when something was going to go horribly awry. You're talking you're talking um, system Mac system 6 and yes, 7. Yes, Mac Absolutely. system 6, sure, yeah. Mac system yeah. 7. And like you didn't know when you're going to have to use that freaking interrupt switch or just do the hard reboot or whatever right. was going to like the whatever predated kernel panics. I don't think they called it that then. I think at that time it was lieutenant kernel panics. And the <laughs> I just don't have any fear with any device that I'm using at this point. Some of it is the way the technology is improved, where everything is always effectively saved, but it's much well, more. It's, it's the, the, the protected. I mean, the protected. Yes. I mean, the, 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 exactly. what, what would happen was the whole system would go down. Like, yes. one, one application would crash, and then the, everything would lock up. Yes. But I, 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 was, I have no problem if, like, Apple, <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad I don't work at Apple on the iOS feature development team because I have no idea what the hell they should add. It feels like it already does everything it has to do. I would be a terrible employee there <laughs> to devise new features. But, like, I have no problem with they're saying they're going to, like, make what's there better. I just don't have any problems with anything right now, so I don't know what that means. I don't, like, no, they're not going to no say, problem. here's iOS 12. It's the same. <laughs> they, can't do, uh, they can't do, like, a, a mountain lion or high Sierra style release and say like, we fixed everything under the hood because people aren't complaining about what's under the hood right now. Well, now, except for the battery thing, now they're going to have to spend, they have to divert everyone to making a new interface for the whole battery system. Well, that's going to happen before then anyways. But I mean, I had 11.3 is coming out probably in the next couple months and already has like the interface for the changing the battery stuff. So I'm skeptical that they'll make like huge changes in that for iOS 12. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there are people who do run down the litany of, like, iOS software quality issues, and I I think what it comes down to is most of them are actually fairly minor, and the number of people they affect are probably fairly minor. Uh, There are definitely some things that seem uh, annoying, but, like, not so much buggy as just, like, weird choices. Like, we've talked a little bit about, like, Control Center, right? Like, why is Control Center on, on the iPhone 10? Way up in that corner that nobody can reach. But that's not a bug. That's just a bad decision. <laughs> Working as intended, just just as intended, yeah, right. is not convenient. Right. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like there are little things that people gripe about here and there. But I agree that on the whole, my phone experience seems to be pretty solid these days. That said, I, I am curious to know if the such performance improvements would have trickle-down effects to older devices, because that seems to be another thing that's kind of contentious. And I, and I see this certainly from the perspective of my girlfriend's using an iPhone 6, and it, it has gotten much more sluggish and much more uh, unresponsive than it used to be. And some of that is, it is an older phone, um, but you know there is a question of, it's a you know, two- or three-year-old phone 
how how much slower and unusable should it be? <laughs> much. <laughs> right. Should, so, you know, I don't know what that means in terms of long-term uh, commitments to performance and responsiveness, which is one of the things that gets highlighted in this report. But uh, it, it I also... pay money to upgrade to iOS 12 if autocorrect stopped being an <laughs> asshole and yeah. if they moved where Control Center is in iOS uh, in on the iPhone 10. So that's those are the two things I'm rooting for. All right. Well, you've, we've Tim Cook has got your check. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I will pay at least 20 bucks if you just do you have, do you have current problems with um autocorrect? Oh yeah. I still if I when yep. I type the word however, I get Bieber 97% of the time. I have never intentionally typed Bieber as in Justin ever in my life. And that's what it gets every time I say, however. And the thing that bothers me more is like, there are just times when, and I know Dan suffers this too, where it'll give you corrections that make no sense. It will uh, suddenly seem to stop correcting for a little bit and you just type a row of gibberish for no reason. Um, You try to fix things and it just wants to make the same mistake over and over again. I'm not having the, you know, the, that weird symbol that was coming up when everybody tried to type I for a few weeks back in the day, back a couple months ago. But it's just, this is wildly un, un, um, what's the word I want? Predictable? Uh, Yeah, unreliable unreliable, uh, in terms of like capitalizing random letters. Um, I also just think, and I've thought for many years and I've tried to like, you know, certainly tried to correct my habits on my end as much as possible. But like, I think some of the touch targets and some of the keyboards are just out of whack in terms of where they are. I think are. so too. Like I, I hit the so wrong too. letter. That, I, and I'm that like, I've noticed. You should be able, like, you're supposed to be predicting which letter is coming next. There's no reason I would type this letter instead of that. There are so many fewer words that start with this letter combination. You should be smart enough to figure that out. Um, so, and I don't know, I somehow doubt, like, that's one of those things where I worry that it's just like inside the Apple bubble it's just like everyone's like yeah it works fine for us and it's like all right <laughs> sorry i guess i'm an outlier um but yeah i don't I don't know i mean obviously like like lex said you can't get away with just releasing a new update that has no features and it does suggest there will be features in this but suggesting that some of the major features will get pushed back but this is the constant battle right like even if you push the fe- new features back to to next year when you implement those huge new features they're going to cause bugs, right? Like, if you're going to redesign the entire home screen, I'm sure you will take, I'm sure Apple will take the time to make sure it's done well, but you can't escape it. Like, with so many millions of these phones in use, people are going to hit edge cases and find things that you didn't expect. And, and, and lots of different screen sizes now. Sure. So, with all of that, it's like, I mean, if you want to commit to doing sort of an on-off like features bug bug fixes etc like that seems reasonable Uh, and it's tough right because like they're they are shipping two major versions of significant platforms with a lot of you know clients every year and that's a lot of work uh and that's not even counting you know tvos watch os homepod it's now like updates on all of those things too so you know, some stuff is going to fall through the cracks, but it's a question of how you address that. And uh, also the combination of that with this this whole thing about constantly shipping new products where features show up later, like after being pro- like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're yes. gonna include this yeah. feature, yeah, and then it yeah. doesn't show it up for like seven months. It could be they're planning to announce like five thousand new features, but they figure this is the story to get out there, right? Or it'll just ship fun. over the course it's of like, a year. Are they really are they really doing annual releases anymore? Or <laughs> 
I mean, I mean at, at some point you're not, yes. right? I mean, because if you're rolling out these extra features throughout the year, you're not actually, you know, you're just doing it in number well, name only. You're, I mean, you're, you're probably delivering, they're still probably delivering 70% of their features sure. with that but initial still. release. But yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, and why not? Like, I, I think the art of the, like, major point release thing has kind of dropped at Apple where it's like, it's fine if you want to. I'm totally okay with having features that come in, like, you know, a point one or a point two or a point three. Like, that doesn't bother me. It's just a matter of not promising them for your, for right, your exactly. point zero. Give me right? a deadline <laughs> when it's going to happen. Yeah. Say, so like, you know, later, you know, hey, we're going to release these extra features, but we're going to take some time, and like, sort of roll them out over the course of a year. That seems reasonable. But, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm not, I'm not somebody who manages a large number of software engineers. So who knows? You know who else I think does manage a large number of software engineers, Dan? <laughs> Based on how great okay. the app is, I would have to assume SeatGeek does. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal or you need the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. This is all true. I am required to use a, to give a personal account right now, and it's all 100% true for me. I use the SeatGeek app, and it says, I'm supposed to tell you that I have the SeatGeek, SeatGeek app on my phone. I do. It is by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. That's also true. Uh, I have used tickets. I have used uh, uh, SeatGeek to buy tickets to Hamilton on Broadway, uh, to Weird Al Yankovic, also in New York City. Um, it is very easy. It's very quick. They do a great job of letting you see, like, this is what you're going to pay for these seats. This is what you're going to pay, like, what it has to do. But the interface is perfection for figuring out where you're going to sit and doing the cost benefit analysis of, I'll be closer, but I'll be out $200 more. So I'm going to sell it further back. How are you going to do it? <laughs> it's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek even grades every ticket based on value to help you get the most bang for your buck. I really like that feature. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop with confidence. If you're worried, if it's you know from a reseller and you're nervous about it, you don't have to worry about it. SeatGeek got you fully guaranteed. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners, not John and Dan's, but my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code REBOUND today. That's promo code REBOUND. You get $20, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So go to the app store of your choosing. Go to the website, whatever you got to do. But the SeatGeek app, it's seat like the word seat and geek like the word geek. Pretty much does what it says on the tin, but it's great. I'm a big fan of SeatGeek. I was excited when I saw they were going to be on the show because I actually use them to buy tickets. So chew on that, people. Are you chewing? Are you chewing? I hear the chewing. It's good. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't get to the other big Apple news of the week that I thought was where, where Moltz was going to lead with. Because uh, you saw this Verge oh. rumor, right? Like, you saw this. Like, are you okay, John, is my question. I, I'm fine. Because I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't believe anything until it happens. <laughs> and even then. Even then, sometimes. Even not. then, I'm not sure, yeah. So, but, uh, rumor that... But, but the thing... Okay, so here's... The, that rumor is very strangely worded, right? Because it says no iPhone SE 2. Except it's... Oh, I think what it's saying is that it's not going to be... There isn't going to be an enhanced iPhone SE with yeah. uh, wireless charging and Face all the ID. other stuff that they might just do uh, an update to the internals of the existing one. So basically like Apple Watch in it. Right? Something like, like taking that, like yes. that, that ser- The Series 1 Apple Watch, yeah. which is basically a Series 0, but with better which, internals. Which is kind of what I expected anyway. Right. It's basically like they're putting the iPhone SE in a beach body on a man class. <laughs> <laughs> Same phone. Just, Something just, like no, that. Have, the, have the ad reads bled out into the rest of the show now? <laughs> Listen, if you want to watch okay. me do these, you can buy tickets for it on SeatGeek. I'm done. <laughs> That's right. 
Oh man. <laughs> so I'm uh so I'm not really um sort of uh nonplussed by this. This You're not so plus by this. Was that a pun? Was that an <laughs> iPhone purchasing pun? That's right. That's exactly what that was. <laughs> All right, shut it down. We're done. <laughs> Nonplussed. <laughs> that's what the that's what the name of the phone is going to be. I honestly, that should be the tagline, right? iPhone SE two for those of you nonplussed by our other phones. <laughs> So you're not worried. You th- you still think there's an SE2 coming and you're going to buy it the day it's available. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't I mean I don't I really don't know if it's I don't really don't know what they're going to do. I mean, but I I hope they're going to do something <laughs> with it and if one comes out, I will buy it probably. Well, it would seem weird. I mean, not to say they haven't done like one-off models before that then kind of disappear, right? Like 5C didn't last very long. But yeah, it would seem I don't know. They seem to have made this phone for a reason. And I think that reason still exists. And yeah, as we were talking about a second ago with older phones, like it's not going to last that long. So they need, they seems like if they're committed to doing smaller phones, either they've got to design a new small phone from the ground up or they've got to revamp the one they have. So yeah. I believe that there's at least a speed bump coming for the SE. Uh, and who knows, maybe they throw in a new feature or two, but I, I don't think necessarily that it'll be a like, the level of a, a small iPhone 10 or something, right? Like it's not going to be that that level of 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 features. Well, let me ask you guys this, and now we're like we are going to become prognosticators of prognosticators. But you've got the iPhone SE, which is the smaller version of the iPhone. You got the Mac Mini, which they may one day update potentially. Um, <laughs> the iPad the Mini HomePod is about in. the iPad Mini, right? The HomePod's about to ship. And all their competitors who make speakers that are even, uh, you can debate what a competitor is, all the competitors who are in the space right now have their regular speaker and then the minier version, the minier version. Uh, do you think that Apple will have a smaller HomePod, like an apartment pod? <laughs> uh, I live in an apartment. <laughs> yes. But do you think that they will do that? Do you think that there will be a, a, a HomePod mini, effectively, is my question. I don't see why not eventually. I mean... I guess... Here's my question. I think it depends largely on the success of the HomePod. And I, I my question, question. My question is: <laughs> Is this really just a music-focused device? Because in that case, it seems like if they feel like they can cram mm. good sound quality into a smaller device, I would see them doing it. But if they feel like this is as small as we can make this and have it be a good music playback device like with the kind of audio quality that meets like the high threshold we're setting i don't think they will bother because they see this as a music device first and everything mm. else second i don't yes. know if that's the right approach or not but i feel like that's how they see it listen if i had siri as my voice powered ai i would focus on the music too <laughs> that's all i'm saying <laughs> yeah i i, yeah, I don't see I'm them doing on siri that's what's I, happening here. I, I don't see them doing a a I don't see them doing one that's just cheaper, right? That's not never been their mo. Uh, the mm. SE two, well, I think, is there because it, except it, for the iPod, except for the iPod lineup. I mean, right? I mean, and if this is a music device, and even the Mac similar, Mini, right? It was like well, I mean, wait, 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 on the iPod lineup, what do you think they're making as a smaller one just to make it cheaper? You think the Nano was just to be cheaper? I thought that was like kind of the direction everything was going. I thought they would have gotten rid of the clat, like the the hard drive spinning one was far less optimal from their long-term goals. It certainly well, I'm was I'm not sure cheaper. which one stuck around. I guess that did... Which one stuck around longer? Oh, the Nano? The Nano? They still sell on Nano, right? God, I don't even know. Mm. I don't know that you can still buy... I don't still buy an iPod, iPod that is not an I think iPod you can get touch. the Shuffle. 
but um they still sell the shuffle you can't be serious no i'm pretty sure they do actually there's not even an ipod in the tabs on apple.com there is a but it does result the yeah i felt like you could buy an ipod i was with john i felt like you could buy a shuffle i think they only sell the it iPod may not touch. be anymore actually yeah it does look like they sell the only the touch yeah, I, they don't I, really looking, update the iPod I might touch have been looking at the refurbished section that may be why i I hang out in the refurbished section a lot. <laughs> I hang out in the Furby Just, section a lot. Love that's weird. Guys. That's weird. It's very, very that's weird. Very strange. Do you guys ever have a Furby? <laughs> nope. Let's not go. Right. Just moving right along. The Furby slightly a after my time. But but I I was babysitting a kid and we couldn't get the Furby to shut up, which is a problem. Like you have to make it go to sleep by like putting it in a dark place, and we couldn't find a place, so we put it in the oven. And then the 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 mom called me a couple days later. Like I was preheating the oven. <laughs> <laughs> the Furby was never the same. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> Once burned, twice shy. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Furby uh, doesn't love you anymore. Speaking of the iPhone, um, new iPhone models, there's a lot of news that the iPhone uh, 10 reports <laughs> suggesting it's not selling well. Mm. Which okay, well, I, I see them everywhere. Reports okay, reports that it's not selling well in China. Uh, I thought it was beyond that. I thought it was just talking. I mean, well, I, it depends on which report you're talking about because, but the one from um, Ming Chi Kuo um, specifically mentioned China and no place else. Okay. Um, um, and I've se- and I keep seeing other things that say the Nikkei Asian Review. My God, it's selling so well. The Nikkei Asian Review story says uh, slower than expected sales in the year-end holiday shopping season in key markets such as Europe, the U.S., and China. Okay. So I don't know. I mean, but these are all your These are all hearing. essentially hearsay at this point, right? Because you're totally right. right, John. There was a report this morning too saying it was one of the top three best selling smartphones across five markets mm-hmm. in December. So uh, <laughs> much ado, perhaps about nothing. I, I think what's like they can't sell as many iPhone 10s as they would normally sell of a new phone because it's one of three new phones. That, and that's like, exactly what I was going right. to say. Is I think that that's the interesting question here. Is to me is the bottom line. Like Apple's going to release um, its financials in on thursday probably just after we post this um and the question is really just whether the overall number they're not going to break anything out they'll say oh iphone 10 had like the greatest success of and they'll give some obscure like some very specific metric um but the question is really whether or not the bottom line because that's all we're going to know did they sell as many phones as they sold a year ago quarter Uh, and my inclination is to say i think this paid off for them um i think they did sell because yeah. they had a wide variety of phones available, I, I believe that they probably sold more phones than the previous year. I don't know how much. I think more, so. I think so too. But I mean, and 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 to add on top of that, they sold more phones at a higher price than they would have sold. Probably, yeah. I mean, because they skewed towards higher prices. Yeah. So that certainly seems plausible. And if so, then that's a win for them. But you know, even no matter how Wall Street sees it. <laughs> You know, more phones equals more money, especially if you're selling them at a higher price. Sell them. Oh, yeah, right. That, that is true. I've, I've, that math checks out. Yeah. <laughs> you are, I'm not some sort of fancy chief revenue officer. Listen, I was okay? going to say, like, this, I do this for a living. I think you're right. <laughs> are you suggesting higher numbers might result in higher numbers? Is that, is that where we're going with this? That seems unprecedented. <laughs> I got to get off the line. I got to go check some things. I got I to go call my broker. I got to call my broker. Man, oh man. So I don't know. I mean, I, you know, we don't have numbers, but, um, 
I mean, we do. I think they're the just, they're made up just numbers. Fine. Now, have we <laughs> yes. talked about these rumors? Uh, I only remember seeing it on, on Fireball, but uh, that the iPhone 10 form factor may be a one and done, like that next year it oh, won't yeah. look like this. Yeah, so that feeds into the, you know, right. well, that comes, out of, comes out of this this whole same kit well, and caboodle. That's oh, a different, a slightly different angle, but yeah, the whole you know? idea that they're canceling, like canceling, quote unquote, yeah. the iPhone 10. And the question is, I think the main sort of detailed devil there is when when is that happening? Because some of the reports were oh, like, yeah. oh, in the summer. And it's like, that makes pretty much no, no sense. sense. Unless that they felt like they that have... is not, I will go, I will go as so far as to say that is not categorically not happening. Yeah, the only um, reason I could think that they would do that is if they mean, look, well, by that point, we'll have made all the ones that we think we will sell up through September. Yeah. And we just don't want to, they're going to keep selling around. it. They're going to keep selling it. You think they're going to keep selling the introduction. This- I think they're going to keep selling it through the introduction of the next phones, and I think it's very possible that they will not continue this form factor. Um, but they will re- they will introduce a different like they'll have they'll do the same thing again basically. So the six S will drop off, seven will move down, eight will move down. They'll have something else that includes some of the features of the iPhone ten, and then they'll have like a new iPhone ten thing. But the, you Still don't think I, that's what I was saying is you don't think there'll be an iPhone. The iPhone ten itself will not stick around. Not necessarily, no. I, I don't think, do you, and that's what I was saying, is I think they might, whenever they figure out, like, hey, we, we have budgeted out the number of iPhone X that we are likely to sell through the introduction of the new phone, we will stop production at that point so we don't have a bunch of iPhone X sitting around that we're not going to sell, right? Like, that's I'm the so, math they're doing. The question I'm asking is, do you think the next phone that is the successor to the iPhone X will look mostly like an iPhone X, meaning will it have a notch, will it have an edge-to-edge screen? I think Those it will. I think it will. And yes. same aspect ratio. Yes. I think they're going to have a smaller so, notch, but still a notch. Yes. Like we've yeah, I think, I think the notch, it's the possible notch, right? the notch might be smaller. But, but the notch is still going to be there because they don't have a way to embed it in the screen yet. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to make a radical redesign two years in a row. That seems unlikely to me. Next, I want them to get rid of the volume buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here, okay, here's my, here's my, here's my numerology prediction. Ready? Okay. Seven. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that the uh, we're just talking about the drop off. Everything moves down a spot. The successor to the iPhone eight is the iPhone nine. It looks a lot like the iPhone eight, right? Like in same sort of form factors, the six, seven, eight, right? Um, but with you know better camera, better internals, maybe another feature or two thrown in. Uh, then we have the iPhone eleven, which is essentially the revamped ten, and that's fine. So you still have your high end phone, you still have your your marginal phones, and then the following year. The iPhone 12, which is the successor to the 11, basically like wipes the slate clean, clean and like merges so, those two lines. That's my I prediction. I disagree with Dan's numerology. That's fine. <laughs> I think I think it's impossible. I, I cannot impossible. fathom. Ooh, I a love world when you say impossible. Wow. That yeah. Apple would release a phone that they would call the nine, given that they already have a ten. Interesting. I don't think that they would ever do that. Okay. I think um, they would do that. I think I'm they would do that. I'm curious to know what they will call the next. Like, I'm, this is why I was mostly surprised that they called it an iPhone 10 in the first place with the Roman numeral because. They got stuck on OS 10 for a while. <laughs> and like they cannot call it an iPhone 10 2. <laughs> Please uh, don't. Please do not do that. I don't the iPhone, the 10 iPhone 10 B. I could see it's like the iPhone 2019 2018 like I don't fuck I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think that they have a naming challenge ahead of them and the fear I have is that we're going to go back to that dark, dark timeline of the new iPad, which was just called the <laughs> iPad, and I don't want to go back to that place. How That's about the second though. generation iPhone 10? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's going to be 10 squared. The iPhone 10 Ooh, plus one. I like that. Ooh. 
10 squared. It's the iPhone 100. We're going straight to 100. That's right. Yeah, right, right. It's This is a exponential. Uh, Maybe it's an iPhone 10 plus. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, you see, plus, plus means larger in their taxonomy. True. The iPhone 10s. I mean, we're still stuck in Mac OS 10 point whatever. Like, no, there's no more number in the Mac OS name. The Mac no, OS not does not num- have a number anymore. Not in the number, but we're still stuck in the version. We're still stuck in version 10. Yeah. Oh, yes. 10, 10.13.1. Yeah. Right, like right. we're basically on 10. Whatever. We're still in 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think there's a, a good chance that they get rid of it eventually. Get rid of the I 10. mean, just kill the 10 and say it's version right. 13.3. <laughs> it's like, fine, whatever. Right. <laughs> that works. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, that's not, I mean, software version numbers are not hardly an exact science, but it's, it's yeah. a little ridiculous that the version 10 point whatever has lasted longer than <laughs> systems one through everything, nine. Yeah, everything is version <laughs> 10. Because uh, yeah. you can't get any better than 10, guys. It's a scale of one to 10. Okay. Now, what do you make of uh, the latest betas of iOS renaming iBooks to books? I mean, not fine. much. I, well, I mean, it follows the pattern. Everything else moved from like I, you know. J- Jason had a theory about that, though. Yeah, that they're going to reuse iBooks for something else. Yeah. Possible. A, um, I love feels uh, so weird like to an, me an, to an iOS laptop was his idea yeah he's been on the ios laptop train for a while i'm not sure i buy it but i'm not buying it i i would actually find it likely that i they would, would totally do a buy one reading device <laughs> i know you would what, what if they had a dedicated reading device that didn't do all the other things i don't think they're doing no that. no that's no, far less likely than that. an ios laptop i would say yeah what if they just stop calling things with eyes in front of them and the next iphone is just called well, Apple yeah, phone. I think that I think that there's a there's a good chance of that. I think there's a good chance the Apple phone will happen at some point, but I think there's still too much cachet in the iPhone brand. It yes. is pretty cachet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I don't know that they want to they want to go that far. But is the iPad going to become the Apple Pad? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go down that road again. Nobody wants to do that. Oh my god! god. They I really, they, they would... really, they really put themselves in a corner with some of this shit. <laughs> yeah i still think it was a mistake that they called the ipads pro the ipads pro as opposed to max that's i would go with max (laughs) you would have gone with the ipad max no 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 that sounds terrible and super confusing (laughs) he's making a joke i'm ignoring it or deconstructing it deliberately one of those at least spell it max and then ipad like oh god stop just stop stop when you're way behind It really, it really ended on a down no, no, note show. there. Like really disappointing <laughs> sure. John Moltz. I feel like that's where it was. <laughs> <laughs> the show doesn't end until Moltz is disappointed. <laughs> Does that is that for the episode or the show as a whole? Yes, oh, both. <laughs> it's basically this entire 172 episode run has about trying mm-hmm. to sap the will to live out of John. John, we love you. Yeah, well, there's a lot I mean, to love. Yeah, we're building you up slightly so that we can take you down again next time. John, we like you. We sure. really like you. I understand. I know how the system works. We like you a decent amount. You are among 20 of our favorite people, let's say. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good.